From the Selfish Path to Romance, download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com. Noticed your class too, baby. All right, I've got to tell you something. If a man came by with a fifth of whiskey, I'm afraid I'd go with him. I could get a lot of booze out of Wilbur. I've given up too much. I'll supply the booze. How? Look at a job. <laughs> With me today is a woman who has done a lot of significant research on alcohol problems. So if you know of somebody who's been touched by alcohol in your life, maybe it's you, and you just can't seem to kick the habit and AA isn't working for you, this one day at a time and the seeking a higher power just backfires for you, what do you do? One thing you can do is go out and get the book Sober for Good by Ann Fletcher, and she's with me today. She's an award-winning health and medical journalist. She's a best-selling author. She wrote Sober for Good, and she wrote another book, Thin for Life, 10 Keys to Success from People Who Have Lost Weight and Kept It Off. But that's not our topic today, maybe for another day. And she can help you possibly move forward and say use past tense with your own alcohol problem. Welcome, Anne. It's good to be with you. It's great to have you on the show. Tell me, uh, what about that idea of, you know, I tried to, I, I'm an alcoholic and I've tried to give up, I've tried to quit, but I go to AA, they say one day at a time, and I like thinking long range, I don't get this one day at a time bit, and then they tell me to turn to the higher power and I can't find it and they get frustrated with me. What would you tell me? Well, you know, I asked questions about those things. Of the 222 people I surveyed for Sober for Good, what I do is go out and find people who have overcome problems and look at the common threads. But I also, in this case, looked at similarities and differences amongst people who recovered using AA, 12-step approaches, and those who used or I had 97 who recovered with AA, but I had 125 who got sober with different ways, on their own, with lesser-known recovery groups. And what I found was that these people shattered many long-held assumptions about alcohol recovery. And one of them is that you have to have a higher power um, in order to get sober. Um, I even had some people who went to AA who said to me, you know, I like AA, but the higher power thing, never, I never connected with that. I'm too much of a scientist, um, and my sobriety has nothing to do with having a higher power. Um, there were other things about AA that obviously worked for that person. I had some people who said spirituality had nothing at all to do with their recovery. I had many people who said that spirituality, in some, you know, it's kind of a nebulous term, what does spirituality mean, but... A lot of people said that spirituality played a role in their recovery, but it had nothing, it was nothing like the form of spirituality that goes on in A, which is that you have to turn your problem and your life over to a higher power and accept that you are powerless over your life and alcohol in general. So that's one of the myths of, that of, that's right. of that's right. AA, that they, they keep promoting you have to make this one step. It's a barrier, it's a deterrent for many people who are genuinely seeking help, and there are alternatives out there. I know we've talked about it before, but you could, you could mention some of the groups out there that people could go to if they're having problems with the higher power aspect well, of Well, one AA. of them is called Secular Organizations for Sobriety, or SOS, which has groups nationwide and a big website presence, as do all of these alternative groups that I'm going to mention. Um, Women for Sobriety um, is a group, obviously, for women. Um, its philosophy is very different from that of AA. And spirituality plays a role in Women for Sobriety, but it's nothing like that of AA. The, the philosophy of, 
of Women for Sobriety is an empowering approach for women. It's designed to build their self-esteem rather than have them make amends and say they're powerless, as is the case with AA. Another group that's based really on sound research-based psychological principles is called Smart Recovery, um, which is based on the, on the principles of, of the work of Dr. Albert Ellis. And um, this is a, a way of looking at the connection between alcohol and problems in your life, learning skills for managing urges and not drinking. Um, but, and it has nothing, there, there, spirituality is separ- a separate issue that has nothing to do with recovery in that, that approach. So that's just some of, the, uh, some of the groups that are out there. And you've mentioned that they even have websites and you can go to groups online. That's right. You can go to group because a lot of these alternative recovery groups, um, there aren't as many of them. There's more than 50,000 AA groups nationwide, fewer than 1,000 of the alternative to AA groups that I just mentioned. Um, so it's nice if you don't have one of these in your community um, that you can go to what they call a face-to-face meeting. You can attend meetings online and also learn about the approaches online. And you have also written about these in your book, Sober for Good, New Solutions for Drinking Problems, Advice advice from Those Who Have Succeeded. And I'm talking with Ann Fletcher, in case you're tuning in and you say, oh gosh, what, what are they talking about? Um, also, with what are some of the other myths that have been oh, just so, so rampant in the whole alcohol fail that you think are destructive to people? Well, one of them is that you, an alcoholic or somebody with a drinking problem has to be in recovery forever. I had one woman say to me, well, you know, I, I thought I had a drinking problem, but I had a cousin who went to AA, and I didn't want to go to recovery meetings for the rest of my life. I didn't want to do that, and, and I didn't want to call myself an alcoholic. And I had lots of people who said things like that. You don't have to call yourself an alcoholic. You don't have to be in recovery forever. Some people said to me, I find it helpful to see myself as recovered or cured. I mean, what other ailment or disease do we say there's no cure for? You know, if you stop smoking, you don't say, I'm, I'm in recovery from smoking. You say, I used to right, smoke. I'm it's a lifetime smoker, right? That's right. That's right. Or I, I stop biting my nails, and I don't say, you know, I'm, I'm a nail biter. That's right. Still, That's right. I did you that years ago. You don't identify yourself as that for the Right. Rest of Why your would life? you identify yourself by a habit that you didn't like and you kicked? I even had people, you know, another one is that you have to go to recovery meetings for the rest of your life. I had quite a few people who did overcome their drinking problems by going to a recovery group meeting, whether it was AA or one of the alternatives. But they no longer feel a need to go. If they felt they were having a problem again, they would go back, but that phase of their life is done. They no longer need to keep going. Another one is that you have to handle recovery one day at a time. Yeah, you hear that all the time. Right, and I do think that that is a helpful philosophy. It helped me when I first stopped drinking, um, because I've struggled with this problem myself, is to just take it one day at a time. But ultimately, many people told me that when they finally overcame their drinking problem, one of the important steps that they they took was basically facing the fact that they were not going to be able to drink, that they had to give up alcohol completely or completely change their relationship with alcohol. They made a lifetime or long-term commitment to sobriety. So that whole term, one day at a time, can mean two different things, one of them beneficial, one of them not good. One day at a time 
in its not good manner can say, don't think long range, just think of tomorrow, that's it, or just think of today, right. that's it. You don't have to project long range. You don't have to do any goal setting long range. You don't have to think of how to manage urges in the future right. or in principle. That's very damaging. But when you say, you know what, we're focused just on tomorrow. What's the high risk situation tomorrow? Now that you have all these skills and you've thought long range, let's focus in on what would be good for you tomorrow. Right. right. So it's it's an ambiguous term. You can use it two different ways. Yeah, sure. What I know we're down to one minute. What would be uh, one myth that you personally would like to see shattered? Well, one of them is that I think the last one I'd want to talk about is that you have to hit bottom in order to do something about a drinking problem. Um, as some people said in the book, that idea just keeps some people digging. I mean, that's absurd that you can't do something about a drinking problem before it gets really severe. And that's one of the reasons I decided to tell my story in the book, because I saw the connection between alcohol and problems I was having in my life and decided to do something about it. So, you know, if you see that alcohol is starting to dominate your thinking, I have a whole list of questions that people said to me, help them recognize when drinking was becoming a problem for them. And they're not those usual questionnaires you see in medical books. Um, you know, if you are, are you avoiding medication because you can't drink when you're on it? Are you noticing that you're drinking more than those around you? Um, and I wish we could go through all the questions. Yeah, are yeah. they on your website? Uh, no, but they're in the book. Okay, the book is Sober for Good, and it's by Anne M. Fletcher. And thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. And that's a wonderful book, and you can also find other books on my website, drkenner.com. It's been great being with you th this week, and look forward to seeing you again next week. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance, the serious romance guidebook by clinical psychologist Dr. Ellen Kenner. When you value your appearance, you can enjoy stylizing yourself without being vain or compulsive. By stylizing, we mean creating a unique, integrated way of dressing, grooming, wearing makeup, and body shaping that reflects and defines how you enjoy seeing yourself. When you value yourself, stylizing becomes not a dreaded duty, but a treat. We spend a lot of time stylizing other aspects of our lives. We carefully decorate our homes. Homes, choose the make, year, and model of our cars. Design our gardens for maximum eye appeal. We even enjoy decorating food with nice garnishes. In the same way, you can have fun stylizing yourself and making yourself more attractive. You can download Chapter 1 for free by going to drkenner.com. And you can buy the book at amazon.com.